Welcome back to For Folk's Sake. My name is Paige, and this week our guest is Alexis Bonderitz. It actually took many attempts for me to meet Alexis. She'd been over to my house a couple times, but every time she came over, I was gone. The first night I met Alexis, she made me a tequila sunrise, you know, with orange juice, cherries, and tequila except she used my half-drink Corona beer and put in two shots of tequila. I smiled and said thank you and then poured it down the sink. Fast forward to today and I'm grateful for our friendship. I'll never take for granted how nice it is to have someone who is also independent on most weekends because their significant other is either hunting or having late nights at work. In my time of being Alexa's friend, I've hardly ever asked her any questions about her culture because sometimes asking people questions like these makes me feel uneasy. I'm very happy that this deep dive got to happen on the podcast and just a big thank you to Alexis for sharing and being vulnerable. Now I won't lie, I messed up the microphone situation so there's a little bit of an audio change around the first 10 minutes, but don't worry, that's all my fault. So with that disclaimer out of the way, it's now your turn to learn episode 39 with Alexis Bonderitz. Of course, I'm so excited. I'm excited. I feel like I mentioned to do this to you, do this to you as if I'm like torturing you. Yeah, so this is the part where we're going to put chopsticks underneath your fingernails. Okay, so before we get started, I always start by having people give me their like elevator pitch or like a description of who you are so everyone can know who you are before we like jump into the juicy stuff. Oh, this is so hard because it's not like a business I'm pitching. It's like myself, Yourself. my personality. <laughs> it's just so hard. Well, hi, I'm Alexis. <laughs> um, um, I I don't even know how to really start it. I'm, I mean, I am a type of a person who really doesn't have much hobbies. I like to hang out with my friends <laughs> if that's a hobby. Um, I love to travel. I love my friends and my family. Um, I. I work at a cabinet company, so that's, I mean, it's pretty, as interesting as it sounds, it's not very much interesting. Um, I'm currently doing training to be a virtual assistant, which is kind of exciting. Yeah. Um, let's see. I have a really cool boyfriend, I guess. I give him a little plug. <laughs> um, I mean, that's really it. I'm a, I'm an older sister. I, um have recently found out that I'm not the best driver. <laughs> That's different, though. That was definitely not your fault. <laughs> well, the last two were definitely my fault. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm just really excited to be here. <laughs> <laughs> my favorite color is beige. <laughs> yeah, I'm really just like, I don't know. I'm not very... Um, I don't really know how to pitch myself. It's kind of a different... Yeah. yeah. I've noticed with personal interviews, and I ask that question, they're just kind of like, um, I'm a mother, you know? But mm. with business owners, it's like they have that stuff, like, locked a paragraph in the back of their head that they're, right. like, ready to bring up. So it's fine. Pa- personal people, it's like an elevator pitch on what? My existence? Yeah. My personality that I am not very confident with. <laughs> The the parts of me I don't like. Thanks. <laughs> I was just gonna say, yeah. So you gave your plug to your boyfriend, and that's how we met each other. That is how we met. But it was so weird because I remember Andrew being like, "Yeah, you need to meet Logan's girlfriend." Logan's girlfriend. I was like, "I do not need another friend." So like, I, I wasn't. Wow. <laughs> 
<laughs> I know what, where we are now, babe. Thank you. <laughs> I, I'm not trying to say that in a way that I was like putting it off, but I definitely wasn't trying hard. Right, right. Yeah. And then we finally met each other. Oh, God. I don't even think you remember meeting me. I do actually remember meeting you. I don't remember how you left or how I did. I stopped seeing you that night. Um, This is really painting a really horrible picture of me. <laughs> no, it's not. It was my one and only time that I unfortunately was not very responsible that day. <laughs> and um, I didn't watch my page. liquor intake. I didn't know. I actually wasn't responsible to actually eat all day. And so by the time I got there, I had not eaten one single thing all day long, not drank any water. I remember I drank a iced caramel macchiato on the way over to the party. And I I got there and everybody's throwing drinks in my face. I mean, my boyfriend, he doesn't remember me walking in. So you could just tell the, the oh, vibe yeah. of the party yeah. was uh, pretty, pretty gnarly. So when you, when, when I heard you were there, cause I had already met your husband twice. Um, and yeah. And, um, actually the second time was when he was painting your, um, Studio Your wall. Studio wall. Yeah. yeah. He was he was getting it together. I think he was either painting it or he was still stapling the panels. Oh yeah. On the wall. Um, and you were like on a walk with a friend and he's like, You just missed my wife. And I was like, Man, I feel like I I'm went gonna... to play pickleball. Or or you like went on a, a walk with like I think it was yeah, it was like with kids. I think it was Ange. Yeah, it was Angie. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And um He's like, you just missed her. And I just felt like, man, I'm going to miss this girl the whole, every time. Like, <laughs> it just felt like that kind of a vibe. But when I first met you, I was definitely, it was definitely not the best impersonation of me. I mean, I had fun. I was <laughs> definitely wasn't, like, as drunk. I knew when I walked in, I saw Logan. And he, like, you know when someone's drunk and they're, like, looking at you, but you're, like, you're not looking at me? Yeah, they have the look in their eyes. Yeah. Like a squint. He was and- like, Paige. And I was like. Knock, knock. Anybody home? <laughs> yeah, you can imagine when I got there. He's like, baby. <laughs> I You're was like, like, oh, no. Keep your hands off my hips. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, I remember handing him a water bottle with liquid IV in it. And he went and I told him to chug it because he hadn't drinking any water. And he went off and poured vodka in it. And oh. he's like, yeah, I'm drinking it, but it's not just water now. <laughs> and it's also vodka. <laughs> so yeah. I remember one uh, talking to Logan, and one of the first things that he mentioned about you is that you were Russian. Mm-hmm. He never mentioned to me that you were also Ukrainian. Yeah, I don't think people. I think people just genuinely just say it as like a general sense, like she's Eastern European, like she's Russian, but she could also be like bulgarian or whatever right um it probably just yeah i've also noticed that you speak russian pretty fluently yeah do you also speak ukrainian fluently or like nah no um so where my dad's family was in ukraine so my mom's russian my dad's ukrainian where my dad's family was um where he was actually raised it was more on the russian speaking part of ukraine um um, his his side of the family is very Ukrainian. They speak Ukrainian. They follow the culture of Ukrainians. Um, but he was definitely raised more speaking Russian. You know, they wanted to instill the Russian language in their children. Um, and so that was actually, I was born and raised in Washington, but my first language was technically Russian. Oh. Yeah. By the time you went to preschool, did you know English? Um, Actually, so... I went to like a, a a church like daycare like most of my like my ch- like 
baby to toddler. So they spoke English there. So it kids are like sponges. Like people always say it. I absorbed both languages so quick. And I've actually been able to like see that in like my cousin, like in other kids that I know that I grew up with, like they were just so easily absorbed like early at an early age, like to speak both languages. By the age of five, they're fluently speaking English and Russian. Right. And that's kind of how I was. Um, My grandparents don't speak the best English. So I had to, they wanted to teach me Russian so that I can communicate with them. Huh. Okay, so how did your parents end up meeting each other? So my parents met here in Washington. Um, They came to America the same year, but my mom came first. So my mom came here um, with her parents and her brother when she was 13 years old. And then, you know, she went to high school, whatever. My parents, mind you, they came here not knowing a lick of English. Like they knew no English. They had nothing in their pockets. Like the most, they came here, I think, as refugees. Um, Oh. Yeah. So they came here as refugees, considered refugees. I don't know. I honestly, I actually don't remember if my parents ever told me like why it was considered as refugees. But anyways, so my mom came here. She went to high school, met, um, actually conveniently met my dad's cousin. She was here as well. And so they became best friends. And then one day, a couple months later, my, um, my mom's friend, which is my dad's cousin said, Hey, do you want to come to the airport with me to pick up my cousin? He's coming here from Ukraine. She's like, sure, whatever. And they go to the airport and my dad's 16 coming to America with just his mom. And, um, the, it's really funny because from their perspective, it's really funny. My dad says when he locked eyes with my mom, he was like, that's going to be my woman. Like he was, I know, like he was like, I'm going to marry that woman. And my mom was like, had no, like, she was just like, ugh, you know, (laughs) yeah, she's just like not interested. Uh, She's 13. Like again, the mind, you know, the concept, but it's just, it's different because you have to also understand like cultures, like they grew up way faster than how, people were raised here in America. Like my parents, like my dad was already considered finished high school and that he was already going to college. At 16? At 16. And so when they told him, he because he was 16, he has to go back to high school. I mean, you can only imagine he was pissed off. Like he was not like really happy about it. And because he didn't speak English, they put him in certain classes that he didn't think that he needed to go into. And so, I mean, also my parents were in that part of Europe when it was still USSR. So they were raised within the USSR. Oh. Yeah, yeah. So they were raised, I mean, a whole different way than how people were raised here. So my dad had like the mentality of like a 22, 23 year old at 16. And I mean, there was nothing that he could do. So, I mean, yeah, but they met here and um, they just started out as friends. And then from there on, the story grew and I mean, Eventually, my mom gave out and she was like, all right, let's try this out. And there you go. (laughs) And now we're both here. Yeah, me and my sister, I mean, they got married. Then me and my sister came out and we're now, here we are. That's interesting because I didn't really think of the time period Mm -hmm. that they would both be coming from the USSR Mm -hmm. instead of like, I always was like, I wonder if it was like this torrid love affair where like this Russian girl and this Ukrainian man fell in love, but like they were like, I don't know, like, but not betrothed lovers. Yeah, like, yeah, like star crossed or like, yeah, yeah, yeah. no. We're it, not supposed, like Romeo and Juliet. Yeah. We're not supposed to be together. We're from different houses. No, no. Like if Hermione Granger loved Draco Malfoy. Right, right. It would have been. <laughs> 
Wow, that's an image. Actually, it's quite represent. It represents my parents very well. Um, oh, no. Yeah, no, it's it. It was it wasn't anything weird. I I think what people kind of are weirded about is because he was sixteen, she was thirteen. But again, they didn't start dating until she was about sixteen or seventeen years old. So it was definitely a few years later. And my dad actually didn't finish American high school. He actually dropped out because. Oh really? Yeah, he didn't because he like I said. I mean, you again, you have to understand the culture is there were so different um it was a lot more stricter i mean it was under communist rule pretty much and so yeah he he graduated there already he's like there's no point of me going through the same schooling and going through special classes if i don't need it and so he pretty much just said screw it and he left and that was it is there a particular reason why this region of eastern europe Mm -hmm. came to washington is there a tie or was it like you know what sounds cool Seattle, Washington in the U.S. Mm. Like, was there a particular reason why your parents and their families chose to come to Washington? It's actually funny that you say that because at that time, I'm trying to remember the exact year. I think it was 93. Um, I think it was 93 or 92 that they came here. But it was actually weird because it was, uh, they actually wrote it in a newspaper. It was a wave of Russians and Ukrainians moving to America. But I think it was mostly... Washington um, and like California, but like it was a huge wave of people. I think it was, I mean, you can't quote me. I honestly don't really remember, but I think it was something about the policies here in America that allowed people to move. And, you know, it was like easier green card access almost. Like they were almost guaranteed like citizenship here and like all that. So everybody just packed up their bags because they didn't have much there. Right. And they packed up their bags there and they're like, listen, literally the, the, idea of the American dream was so real for my family. Like, they were like, our lives are going to be so much better there. And honestly, I I mean, obviously, if they didn't do that, I wouldn't be here. But I definitely don't think they would have been as successful there as they um, were when they came here. Yeah, it's really hard to be successful in a communist country. Yeah, and obviously, USSR ended. Um, uh, But yeah, I mean, it just wasn't ideal and their life there wasn't as ideal as they wanted it to be i mean i mean it's also hard to it's leaving everything they know and coming to a place they have no idea like you don't know how to speak the language you don't understand anything my mom said she learned english by watching movies oh really yeah she said she watched a lot of tv and a lot of movies i mean when people say like oh you know your parents probably got it easy and it's like no they didn't they didn't have money they didn't come from anything i mean my dad um my grandma actually my dad's mom tells me stories all the time they would have to back in ukraine wait in hours lines in at the grocery store for a loaf of bread and a box of tea and sugar and they would that was like a weekly thing they would have to do because they didn't have much and so the idea of coming to another country not knowing anything not having anything was better than staying there so you can only imagine like especially because you don't know the language Yeah, you don't have anything, too. You're like, I don't know how I'm going to live. I don't know how I'm going to provide for my children. Like, my mom would tell me, like, I mean, now, like, thrifting is a cool thing, right? But, like, back then, it was, like, the only way my mom could wear clothes to school or, like, have anything. Like, shoes would have to be, you know 
passed down from Goodwill or whatever, and she would have to go and buy her clothes there. And I mean, eventually they started working and they learned English really quick. Thankfully, they were young, but um, yeah, I was gonna say it's not like how you said as a child you were a sponge, so you were able to adapt to both languages at the same time, right? And while 13 and 16 are still young, mm-hmm. you still had let's round down and say like 10 to 13 years Absolutely. of like one language. That's I can't imagine even at 26 or my 13 year old self learning a completely different language for survival. Right. I mean, and, and, and the thing is, it's like really putting yourself in the perspective of like, if you and I left and just like moved, I don't know, to a country where there is a whole other culture, whole other language, like China, for example, or like, I don't know, somewhere, it, it's just like dropping everything you know and coming to somewhere where you have, like, you don't know what you're going into. I don't know why they picked Washington. Um, the only explanation I've ever gotten of it is because other family w- were already established here. Like I had like um, my great aunts and uncles already living here by the time my parents came here. So they were just like, you know what? You know, they were there. Yeah. But the weird thing is my, when they first moved here, everyone lived in the same apartment complex. So my parents, I think lived in the same apartment complex when they first um, like came to America. So it's like Chinatown. Yeah, it really was. I mean, everyone in that apartment complex from what I remember, like we're all, like all came at the same time, like all knew each other. It was like a massive family, really. It was kind of wild. That's nice though, because that was another thing I was going to say is like, if you were able to build a sense of community where you at least had people where it was like, you know, I also just came here and I'm learning this and you had more than just your family. I feel like that wouldn't be, make it easier, but it would be helpful. It definitely was helpful knowing that so many people came and you didn't feel like you were like really alone. Yeah. You know, you weren't the only family in a massive English speaking, you know, world. It was definitely, they knew people and they were able to talk to others, like you said, than other than their family. So that was convenient really for them. Do you think that you were treated not differently, but like, do you feel like it was, how do I want to say this? Like you growing up as a child, mm-hmm. do you feel like you had a different experience because your parents were immigrants? Absolutely. I mean, it's all, all the stereotypical like uh, child of immigrant story like you know I ate the food and like you know I learned like I said learned the language I knew the culture um like I was that kid who brought the stinky lunch to school and like didn't want to eat it and people made fun of me that I didn't bring a peanut butter and jelly sandwich you know and that I brought like my Russian you know food to school and I was like ew what's that and I was like it's my food it's it's what my mom made and it's so yummy and delicious and you know, um, but yeah, I definitely think that I was raised differently. My parents very much inst- like instilled in me a lot of things that they were instilled in them growing up. Like, you know, growing up, I even had a lot of, I had a couple Russian and Ukrainian friends actually growing up and, you know, learning as a woman, unfortunately, the reality is, uh, you know, it was very traditional in the sense like a woman needs to learn how to cook and to clean and to take care of people and the man has to work. But thankfully my mom, you know, had a job. She was a real estate agent. And, you know, there was some, like we were Americanized in certain parts of our life, which I'm so blessed about. Um, But there are things, yeah, I was definitely raised differently. And like some people, like my American friends, like, oh, like, why do you have to, you know, take your sister everywhere with you? And it's like, because that's 
what I have to do. Like, I'm her big sister. I have to, you know, I have to be responsible for her. And they're like, well, that's what a parent's for. And I'm like, well, I don't know that life. Yeah, it's like the family roles are heavier. I feel like that. Yeah, and we, it, it would definitely be different. A lot of, there was a lot of responsibility. I mean, that was put on me. And like, I feel that I was, I grew up, I feel like I'm an old soul because of it. Like at the age of six, like I got a phone at the age of six. I know it sounds crazy, but it was only because I didn't live in a neighborhood. My parents were both working parents and I would come home from the bus after school and they definitely could have gotten a landline. But I also think it was a part of like the responsibility. Like here's a phone, this is your responsibility, but also you're only able to call mom and dad. I didn't have internet on the phone. It was like one of those like slide phones, you know? and Like a sidekick. Yeah, yeah. And so there was like no internet on it. There was like a trial for um, Pac-Man on it, but like you would have to pay for the full game and stuff. After so those first 30 days, my Pac-Man <laughs> yeah. membership ran out. Yeah. So, I mean, it was cool that like, you know, they instilled like responsibility really early on. It was a lot of pressure, I feel like too, because again, like I'm an American living in America, but like I never felt American when I was younger. Like growing up, I didn't even like consider myself that. I always told people I'm Russian and Ukrainian. And it only took until I was much older to be like, no, actually, I'm like really American. Like I'm born, raised here. Right. And I'm like, I mean, it's just, it's different. It really is. When you got American friends Mm -hmm. and you would go to their house, Mm -hmm. what do you think was the biggest difference you would see between your American friend's house and your home life? Like culturally? Sure. Um, it was just one thing. It's so interesting. One thing definitely was, it's funny, was um, a lot of the time my American friends would wear shoes in the house. I hate that. Yeah, so a lot of my friends would like run into the house and I'm not even kidding. If my parents ever saw me running in the house with shoes on, I'd I'd get I'd get my butt handed to me. Like they would scream at me, like, what are you doing? Like, you're getting our house dirty, you know? And like I remember just like watching these kids run in the house and their parents just like welcoming them. And I'm like looking at my feet, I'm like, uh, do I take my shoes off? <laughs> What's everybody else doing? Yeah, no, definitely it was that was really funny. Um, I don't know. I I can't really put my finger on it. I think, I don't know if it was a cultural thing or just the way that my parents raised me and how different they were with me or like how different they are as parents comparatively. But um, one thing maybe, I again, I don't know if it was cultural, but because my parents were working parents, they didn't have the thing where like six o'clock, we're all sitting at the table eating dinner. Um, you know, dinner's already made. Like, I don't know. I don't know if this is a cultural thing, but I think it is. Russians eat or Russians, Ukrainians, whatever, we eat later at night. Like, I don't know what it is. I feel like that's a very, like, big thing. Like, we don't have, like, the six o'clock, everybody sits at the table and everybody eats. It's like, no, like, eight, nine o'clock, mom and dad come home or whatever, and we'll just eat. And if if you're eating upstairs in your room or, like, whatever, but my parents were just never like that. They were never, like, the six o'clock, everybody's home, and we're sitting down at the table, and we're all eating and asking each other about our days. Like, I want that for my family, but I wasn't raised that way. I was just gonna say, as you move into a different part of your life right Mm -hmm. like you have a serious boyfriend and you're you're progressing in that Mm -hmm. what are things that you think you will take from the way you were raised and things that you will not take from the way you're raised and I say this with all the peace and love to your mother she's the best I don't know what you're gonna say but I just want to give a 
disclaimer. I mean, I think my parents did a really great job raising me because I genuinely, as an adult now, like as a kid, I hated cleaning and I hated, you know, do having certain responsibilities. But as an adult, I can now reflect and be like, I am now, I like a clean environment. I'm a very organized person. I can now use organization as like job opportunity, like, you know, little pinpoints of who I am. I'm a very organized person. I work really well under like calm situations or even hectic situations. Um, I know how to raise a kid. Like, I mean, I really do. I didn't grow up with a lot of kids. What's weird about my family is we're very small comparatively to all the Russian Ukrainian families that I know. Um, they like have like 10 sisters and brothers, like they have 25 cousins. That's actually my boyfriend's side of the family. He has a ton of family, but I have a very small intimate like family. Like we don't have a lot of kids growing up. So like when my sister was born, I was six years old and, um, it's still pretty young, but I still kind of understood the concept of like, you know, I'm, I'm a little bit older now. And when I, when she was one and two and three, I was kind of, I was already like, I was able to, you know, see how my mom was handling my sister. And I was very responsible in helping her as well. And like, I had to carry her around. I, you know, helped change her diaper, gave her baths, like all that stuff too. So I feel like I'm really good. Like I'm just really good with responsibilities. Like people have really put a lot on me when I was a kid. Um, And that's not a bad thing. Um, But I definitely like, I'm able to do those things. So when it comes down to carrying it out, I really love the idea of like handing responsibilities to my kids. Like I want them to learn at a young age, like you are still a child, which is something I really want to instill in them. Like I don't want them to like grow up quickly like I want them to grow up at their age like when they're when they're five and six I want them to be five and six I don't want them to feel like they're 12 13 14 you know right I feel like kids nowadays are like growing up too fast and I don't want that I want them to still you know go outside and play in the dirt and like you know just be kids um but I still want to instill responsibility I want them to know how to clean I want them to know how to take care of themselves and be independent um, because I plan to be like a working mom and I, I'm assuming my boyfriend's going to also be like a working dad. And Imagine Logan as a stay-at-home dad. He literally tells me all the time. He's like, if you're going to be the breadwinner, he's like, I will stay at home. He's like, I will be a stay-at-home dad without a doubt. He's like, I'll be making, you know, dirt bike hills in the backyard, you know? He's like, I love it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely will... I will take out a lot from how I was raised, but there's also things like, I feel like I was, there was a lot that was put on me possibly, you know, maybe my parents will disagree, but you know, growing up, I felt like there was like me having to, for, for example, take my sister everywhere. It was such a hassle. It was like, come on, like, let yeah. me just have my time with my friends. Like, why do I have to drag a four-year-old, you know, around? And she doesn't want to do what I do. I have to more babysit than I am just being myself and a child playing with kids, you know? Um, so I definitely am going to make sure that that's instilled in them. I definitely... Um, other than that, I mean, my parents raised raised us well, and I'm really appreciative of it. There's definitely, like, personal stuff that, I, like, I wouldn't want to, like, put on my kids. 
but culturally like I want them to know where their family's from like obviously by the time my kids are you know born like they're not going to be half Russian half Ukrainian and they're going to be very much American but I definitely like want to I want even like Logan to learn Russian like I want our kids to be able to speak to their grand or their grandparents because my grandparents are actually very young to be grandparents um Actually, they're actually the age a lot of my friend's parents are. How old are your grandparents? Um, so my dad's mom is 66. She just turned 66. And my mom's parents are actually a couple years younger. So like 63, 65. Yeah, my parents just turned into their 60s. Right. And my parents are still in their 40s. That's so interesting. Yeah. So it's still super important for my kids to still be able to speak to their grand, like grand or great grandparents. And like, I, I don't want them to lose that. I don't want it to stop with me. I mean, I'm already losing my last name at that point. You know, I don't want them to lose all parts of my side, you know, my culture. And like, you know, I want to definitely give that to them definitely keep the food absolutely oh logan won't let me forget it <laughs> he's Those like sandwiches we had that one day mm-hmm. i was like what is in this sandwich mm-hmm. it's so freaking good and the shish kebabs i made for you guys yeah that mm-hmm. was good too that's like that's the that's the real stuff right there do you feel like it was awkward when the Russia and Ukraine conflict came on? You don't have to speak on the actual conflict, but like just personally. Absolutely. It is so, this world, I mean, again, I'm not like fully politically um, involved in it. I, for me, the way that I view it is like brotherhood on brotherhood. Um, brothers fighting each other almost. Like a civil war. Yeah. Like these are, this is supposed to be, uni- we all used to be united. We all used to be USSR. That was, I mean, again, it was a communist, you know, rule. Um, it kind of technically still is, but we were all, they, it was all still one. It was all under one rule. It was, everybody was together. Everybody spoke the same language. Everybody was together. I mean, that's as far as I know. I wasn't raised in that, but that's how I've been taught that. Um, I never viewed one the worse than the other. And, you know, it's really hard to see, like, you know, people commenting on the Russian people and, you know, Ukraine or yeah. And like Ukraine or Russians commenting on the Ukrainian people because like I'm both and I'm also American. So like you can only imagine like, you know, America feels a certain way about Russians and like I'm considered the enemy. Like as a kid growing up, like kids would laugh at me and like be like, oh, you're evil because you're Russian. And I'm like, and I had no, I, I had no concept. I was like, I don't even know what you're talking about about but you know russia and america haven't been on good terms you know in in history past and ukraine and russia have always had their conflicts but i've never viewed one better than the other i'm so proud to be both but it's been really hard to be both because i can't be not prideful but i can't like you can't be like outward about it right and because a lot of people like well you're not a purebred like it's almost how it seems like you're not like uh you're a mudblood yeah i'm like a mutt like you know like you're not you're not fully ukrainian like you don't understand or you're not fully russian you don't understand it's like i don't understand how people can conceptualize that like I don't I definitely feel pain for both for both sides I really do it's so sad I have family in Ukraine that live there and stuff and you know 
I have people I know in Russia that still live there. And I was just going to say, so you still have people over there? Mm-hmm. Have you been able to communicate with them where you're like, yo, what's popping? Yeah, so my dad's I uncle. Mean, I, yeah, I'm no. sure you're not saying, like, what's popping What's popping off? <laughs> off over there? A lot. Yeah. <laughs> um, no, my dad's, my dad's uncle lives in Ukraine, and he has been in view of what's been going on. He is over the age, like he's uh, in his 60s as well, but like late 60s. So he wasn't put in the draft. Oh, nice. Yeah, but he wanted to be. Um, It was very interesting because you definitely like saw a shift in his personality, like towards my Russian side. It was very interesting. I'm not going to get too much into it, but um, people just like completely flip a switch sometimes and it's really unfortunate but yeah we were able to contact him he's still doing good and his family's all right and um, we're really lucky that you know nothing happened to them but they definitely got to see things and experience things too um i mean yeah yeah it's like nothing happened to them but in a way everything happened to them everything they know is gone yeah their entire lives these beautiful monuments they took their grandchild to and like you know the places they went when they were young and like everything it's all gone it's sad it really is sad and it's like it's sad because now russian like young men that have nothing to do with it as well have to be put in a draft and same with the ukrainian men the men that didn't have anything to do with this have now have no choice but to fight and it's just really sad you know these are sons these are fathers, these are even grandparents that are just really young, but they have no choice. You know, it's just sad. It really is. And, and you know, knowing what I know here in America, and, you know, it's just like, it's tough. And I just really hope it doesn't get to a point where like everyone's now just like on full reins, you know? Yeah. yeah. Has there ever been a conversation you've had with any family who's in Russia or Ukraine and they say something, but it doesn't match the information that you've been given in America? Oh, absolutely. Propaganda is so interesting. It's very scary too, because we're getting fed um, information here in America by the like American media. And then there is information in Ukraine that's being, you know, you know, talked about and the same in Russia. It's literally pointing fingers. And what's scary is you don't know what's actually going on. You don't know who's right. You don't know who's wrong. Of course, people will believe their people are right and their people are always going to be right. But at the end of the day, everybody, every culture, every person, every language speaking, you know, country has bad and good people. Yes. It doesn't matter where you're from. You're always going to have bad people and good people. Yeah. And it's just unfortunate now that there is, it's not a gray area now. Now it's very blatantly black and white. Yeah. I think it was my grandma who said this. Maybe not. Maybe I won't give her the credit, but someone (laughs) once I remember said to me, like, evil doesn't have a creed or color. Yeah. Like, it doesn't matter if you're Christian or an atheist. It doesn't matter if you're black, white, or Hispanic. Like, you can be evil in any way and you shouldn't look at someone. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I wouldn't say evil. I feel like there are very... 
there's many evil people in this world, but it's much less like much less than there are maybe not good people, like bad people, you know, um, that can still make better decisions. I definitely don't want to speak like for the entire like culture, like Eastern European. I don't want to say Russian or Ukrainian culture. I'm just gonna say Eastern European culture. Yeah, let's make a big umbrella. <laughs> yeah, let's. It's, I'm very. I'm being ven- very general, but um, I definitely believe pride what is a very big thing and again people are going to argue with it they're going to say that's not true i mean from what i've seen and what i've experienced i feel like pride and ego is very strong it doesn't have to be bad necessarily but it can get people in very bad places and situations and i feel like when people are like i'm the best and they take pride in that and they were like you will never change my opinions you will never change who i am and it's just gonna put you in really bad situations as humans we adapt right and we change and and you can't just say i'm never going to change it's not it's not realistic yeah but again people in the culture from what i've experienced in my life are very prideful are very they let you know they hold on to their egos they hold on to who they are and we can be prideful in our culture we can be very prideful in our language in our history we have so much history i actually just found out you know russians actually a long long time ago used to be slaves for for hundreds or maybe thousands of years yeah to the mongolians i was just gonna say i feel like i learned i i yeah yeah and it's it's crazy but again it's like people are really taking pride and that's great but you know, it's just it's just not going to take you good places if that's just who you are and you become a prideful person. And that's and from what I've experienced, I've yeah, I definitely think that's really instilled in the culture. I did an interview with someone once and I had said that like the only person who gets hurt from you having um, an ego or thinking like, I already know this. I don't have to have this conversation with you. Something like that. The only person who gets hurt in that is you. Absolutely. You put up a hindrance. You put up a wall before the conversation even gets started. Like you're not going to have a successful conversation, cooperation, or like, even if we're talking like the grand scale for the country, right? like you can't expect that to be successful at all if you're not going to put away parts of yourself to be open well you have to also under like if you are the only person that is not growing out of the mass around you that are growing they're evolving they're adjusting they are becoming better people each and every day and you're just not growing people you're going to strain from people you're going to strain from your life you're not going you're going to be stuck but again, there's people that are like, you know what? I don't care. I am going. But again, that's not even in just my culture. That's an that's everywhere. Yeah. You know, and that's yeah. where we start getting into the mental part of it. Like, are you a narcissist? Are you somebody who, you know, really has those really deep feelings that you just like don't want to let go of not growing? I feel like that's so boring. Yeah, it's also the idea of... I think it would always be so interesting to have a narcissist... Maybe I am a narcissist. I don't know. (laughs) It'd be interesting to have a narcissistic brain because I have met people before who I've definitely, like, walked away from uh, knowing them for months on months, almost years, and being like, oh, you are... You definitely have narcissistic personality disorder. Like, to the point where it's like, they would never do any wrong. It's always someone else's problem. And the first thing that you can always tell is like, there's never an admission of guilt. 
Yeah, I, I definitely, I've known narcissism in my life. I, it took me a long time to put a word to it and a def, like a, a word to what I've seen and what I've acknowledged and known. I don't believe myself I'm a narcissist, but I've definitely seen it and I know it, unfortunately. <laughs> I yeah. mean, it's just the reality. It's really, it, but it again, it opens your eyes more when you see it and you acknowledge it in someone else and you're like, okay, like I need to grow away from that i need to be better than that like not better than that person but just saying like listen i can't think that same way it's only gonna stint my growth as a person right you know um it's actually funny um i i mean i lost what i was going yeah. to say but um i was gonna say it's dangerous to be in close proximity to a narcissist for too long because it changes the way that it changes you because you are so used to being that sounding board or that buffer to the narcissist that mm-hmm. you develop maybe personality traits or habits maybe Absolutely. that are, you know, you want to stay in that narcissist's good space. You want to stay on their good side. So you become overly people pleasing. You're, you're um, more quickly to admit oh, this has to be my fault because, like, obviously you are perfect. They have that grandiose personality where it's really hard for someone in that proximity to admit, no, like, I'm right. Because they're so confident in themselves that it's like, well, it can't be them. Right. Well, it's also just, like, you are constantly putting their needs ahead of yours because you don't want to deal with what comes with them not being taken care of. Yeah. And and that's what's so unfortunate because it really changes who you become. It it actually even uh changes the relationships you grow with others. And you know, you and I had this conversation recently where we feel as if like we want to be shown certain things and we don't communicate them very well but it's just how we how we were it was instilled in us and it maybe wasn't instilled in us in the healthiest ways but it's also just something we've grown to really appreciate and that's just how we want to be shown you know with acts of service and all that and i mean really we could really get into it but um it's it's funny because when we were talking about um like things that i wouldn't want to like put into my future family and stuff like that i think a really big thing too that i was put growing up was gender roles and and what's in what you were saying like how is it different from your american friends growing up and all that and like the things that i would say to these people they'd be like oh my gosh what are you like raised in the 40s like this sounds so like old you know but this is just how i was raised that's how my parents were raised like like i was saying a woman cleans cooks takes care of her husband serves actually her husband and the males you know do kind of the same in very different ways they work you know they bring home the money they're like the fun dad you know just like stuff like that um and i definitely was raised like well my sister is like my responsibility like i am her mother when my mom's not around and like i'm super young and people are watching me like you're a child like i remember parents coming up to me and being like you're you're a kid like you shouldn't have to be this responsible for your sister and i remember just being like this is how it is right and and that's hard too i think especially and we've talked about this before too where in our generation i think we're both millennials right yeah it's very like um this wave of feminism which is really good in ways right right but sometimes i like being like a cert not a servant i don't like that word but like 
showing regular and strong acts of service to my husband where to the point where people will say to me like you put him on such a pedestal right when you start working outside of the house like he's not going to know what to do I'm like well first off my husband is a grown man like he's going to be able to do that but like Mm -hmm. it's not like he's sitting here tying a a shackle to the oven right no absolutely make me dinner every night I love making dinner for my husband. I love doing the laundry. Like, I, uh, Andrew hasn't done a touch of laundry. I mean, he did help me fold the other night because <laughs> it was getting close to bed and we needed the clothes off the bed. But, like, I like doing those things. I like having him come home to a ho- house that is clean. I, I know what we're going to have for dinner most nights. I mean, we do share a decent amount of, like, the cleaning and stuff. But I in no way feel... I, th- I think it's just, like, taking those traditional gender roles, doing what you feel comfortable with, right. and then adapting your life to your own boundaries and yeah. what works best in your relationship. Well, I think what, what really went well in our relationships was we we were put with people who were first independent Um, so, and I also think it's so, I think it's so okay for women to appreciate certain traditional roles because at the end of the day, women are maternal for a reason. We are, we are maternal. That's a, it's a valid point. Not every, not every woman. And I'm not saying it's strictly women. There are men that can actually take a mother's role. I mean, we see it in today's society, but what I'm saying is, we have this i mean it's not always great it's not always needed but we always have that want maybe and need to take care of somebody like that's how i was raised always help people around you always you know like my dad was the first man i loved i mean that's every girl you know yeah yeah (laughs) and so i was taught you know like help dad around and like you know when mom's not around like I mean, it's just, I feel like if I would say something, people would be like, that's so weird. But like, you can say whatever you want. No one, if anyone has a, gives a shit, they can, <laughs> they can DM me yeah. and I'll point them in the right direction. I mean, like my dad like would sit after work and my dad used to be like uh, working with his hands. Like, so he used to, when I was younger, he's now like sits in an office at his own business and is the boss now. But he used to like be on his knees, like doing tile and really hard labor work. Right. Like he had to like work with his body to. Get right. To be able to sit in an right. Office. Yeah, and it's funny because people will laugh like, "Oh, you're like your feet stink or whatever." And like my dad always told me, like those are working feet. Like I worked all day today. I was sweaty. I got my hands dirty. I was on you know my knees working and putting really heavy tile on the floor. He's like, "This is just what I have to do, so you don't have to do that." Yeah. You know, and the dad saying like, "I get I get dirty and I you know work with my hands that so you don't have to, so you can get a nice manicure and yeah. call it Andrew, a day." when he mows the lawn and his hands like <laughs> covered in dirt, he's like, "My hands look like this, so your Yours hands look can like look that. like that." Yeah. yeah, I understand that. Too. Yeah, and my dad, you know, like I would help, like I pour my dad you know some food for dinner and i'd hand it to him after he got home and you know um and it's it's weird it's it's a really weird like transition into my life now now that i'm in a long-term relationship now that i see this person as like my you know as cheesy as it sounds my forever you know in my future like i i definitely i mean he even it kind of finds it weird sometimes when i almost like and i will say like serve him i don't he's not my like master or something you know we're saying it in the way of like doing acts Acts. for them right and i'm like yeah and so i mean it's acts of service right so you're serving you're serving them and 
and helping them out as much as you can. And that's just what I do. I mean, like I'll, I'll make my boyfriend a plate and he'd be like, oh, I could have done that myself. I'm like, that's okay though. I did that for you just cause I wanted to, just cause I'm okay with doing that. And you know, and, and as a woman, like I want my man to be taken care of. Like when, you know, we're in the process of soon buying a house, like I would want him to come home. I don't want him to come home to just a house. I want to build my home as if it was ours and you can come home and have a dinner and you know just sit down and relax and like even though I've worked and I've had a hard day I would hope that he would also you know and you know help me out and like if I'm not down to do laundry like he would take that over and that's that's the different part about the cultures is that a woman is kind of stuck to that and I don't feel like it's very equal like I'll have conversations with my grandma all the time about it but I definitely want more of an equal understanding of like hey if I'm slacking for a couple days I would expect you to pick up the slack right yeah, yeah. having and, that clear concise communication of like I have no problem doing x y and z mm-hmm. but like the second I start slipping like you are my partner not my superior right and 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 it's so interesting that we have a clear understanding of it we don't have any like we are getting it now as like we're not even living together but we will cook dinner together and as I'm cooking he's cleaning and like it's just really nice it's just like a easy communicate like it's we've communicated through it and like there was no problem there's no issue because I think that he sees I do a lot and I do a lot for him and our relationship I don't do it to get acknowledgement like I don't need the thanks babe or whatever like I genuinely do it not even knowing I do it because I've just it's just been instilled in me and I don't mind that I don't mind loving like making my house clean or like making dinner for you know my significant other and like all those things I don't mind doing that right um I actually appreciate that I am able to do that for somebody and make them feel special just as he would do something to make me feel special right you know and and I think it's more there's certain things that are more natural for a woman than it would be for a man and the same thing around certain things might be more natural for a man but not as natural for women. I'm not saying a woman couldn't do what a man can do. Right. Like, we're not saying that it's, like, there's an incapability. No. But, like, there's also an understanding between even Andrew and I where it's, like, he takes care of the outside of the house and I take care of the inside And of that's the okay. Even if it's switched around. I mean, like, at yeah, the end of the day. you do what you want to do. As right. As long as there's, like, an equal share. Understanding and share, absolutely. And I definitely think that has definitely been communicated. And, like, it's so interesting being in a relationship with, an like, full-on American and like him not knowing my culture and him not knowing how I was raised because I see kids my age that I graduated high school with that are already married and on their second kid. Dang. And I'm only 22. Can't relate. Yeah, I can't either. I, I can't imagine. They haven't started their life at all, but that's just the culture. That's how it always was and that's how it's going to continue being. You know, it has a lot to do possibly with the church and like with everything else. But at the end of the day, everybody... envisions their life a different way and I would never judge or you know anything of that but I definitely love the idea of being able to be equal but also acknowledging that we are not the same in a relationship yeah yeah do you um so your mom was how old when she had you 21 she's very young she had just turned 21 like a month before or no not a month uh like a week and a half before I was born she turned 21 so she was pregnant at 20 yeah do you think that when you speak to family members who are maybe still in that more traditional mindset of, um, you know, their culture, mm-hmm. your culture, mm-hmm. um, do you feel like there's a pressure to meet that 
traditional expectation or do you, are they like oh well we're americanized now so like she you get what i'm saying oh absolutely i mean i'm getting a breakthrough with my family right now um because a tradition is you get you know you live with your parents until you get married and then when you're married you live with your husband and you move out from home and then you know you start working on kids and for me growing up that's kind of how i always imagined like i would live with my parents i i genuinely thought i was going to be married by 20 and like having kids at 22 23 like i genuinely thought like when i was like 15 16 years old that that's what my life was going to look like and yeah. because that's just what i've seen that's what i've known um my parents never pushed that on me my family never thankfully never pushed that on me they never actually my parents didn't let me date to like to date when until i was like 16 and for me when i was like 17 years old um my view of dating was like i'm dating to find my husband which i still view right but there's also like a small mindedness almost like if you a lot of the people who date i mean in my culture most of the people you date once and you get married to that person yeah that's wild and that's for me just seems so like also I, heavily christian uh cultures absolutely as well. it's it's very still more um not dating it's more uh courting Oh, right. So if you're dating, it almost seems like that, right? (laughs) I mean, um, it's, it it literally is that. And I'm not, like I said, I'm not judging. Like I, I just could not envision my life being that way. Like I, if that really happened, I'd be in a really toxic relationship, you know? Um, and I just know a lot of people too, who aren't happy because they haven't realized that they haven't seen the world. You know, my mom always tells me, she's like, I never got to experience certain things. And as of recently, she told told me she's like I want you to experience things that I never got to yeah and you know now she's finally open to me moving in with my boyfriend and like before marriage before marriage before engagement before anything you know um it was definitely really heavy I mean even sex like people you sex in the you know in my culture is so taboo it's very taboo nobody talks about it nobody really knows about it um but again it doesn't happen until you're married and that doesn't happen for everyone and the guilt that's put on you even your self-guilt god it is heavy it's like it's, you have the guilt from being Christian, but then you also have the like extra guilt from like the your culture. culture. And then you have the self guilt. Like I disapp- I like, you know, brought myself down and I am not worthy and I'm not almost as like, I mean, I'm not clean, you yeah. know? And like I have a history. Like how disgusting of me. My husband's gonna be, my future husband's gonna be so disappointed. Or it's gonna be like, I'm gonna hold the secret for the rest of my life. And my husband's oh. never going to know, you know, I mean, things happen and it's just not talked about. I mean, I talk with my p- friends that are Russian or Ukrainian and that are married and I'm like, so sex. And they're like, wow, like whole different world than I even <laughs> thought of. And I'm like, I couldn't talk to you about this when you were engaged. I couldn't talk to you about this when you were dating. And it's weird because I'm, I'm a girl, you know, girls like to talk about the nitty and the gritty of their relationships and like all these things. But it's such a weird like world when you can't even have those kinds of conversations. It's too taboo. Right. And I don't know about those things. It's it's temptation. It's not a conversation. It's not safe. And that's just wild to me. And my parents didn't instill those conversations. I definitely was Americanized in that, um, away from my culture. But I am so grateful that like I was able to kind of view the world 
at a different, in a different way and be able to have those conversations. Even if I didn't experience it, I was still on, I wasn't shy to have those conversations, to know those, know those things, you know? Right. I mean, as people, we don't, I don't want to be thrown into something and like completely hate it, you know, or be scared. Those are, those are vulnerable, intimate times or conversations or things that just need to be converse even with your partner yeah and not having those conversations and like i feel like when you get married to someone you're showing the most like most part of yourself like you you give them everything of the like very core part of your being yeah if they if they they almost know you like as much as you know yourself if not more if not better if not better right and 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 it's just so beyond me that people get into marriages and relationships with one person and that is their person and they're not a lot of date around i've never met somebody who dated around first and then got married within like the church and stuff that's so interesting. Do you see, like, a with those conversations that you say are, like, really taboo, do you see make that kind of separate your friends and, like, separate your community into, like, okay, so when I'm with my Russian-Ukrainian church mm-hmm. uh, people, mm-hmm. this is who I am and this is who Alexis is. When I'm with my American friends or people who aren't related in that way, this is who I am. Do you feel like there's almost like a split within yourself when you are with those two different like demographics? Um, definitely. But I think this comes more into play of who I am as a person. I actually don't have a lot of um, people like friends in my life that are the same culture as me. Um, I, as a person... I believe if I have relationships, like personal friendships, relationships, I want people to know me and all of me. I want them to be able to have good conversation and de- deep conversations. I don't want anything to be off the table. I'm I'm not a surface level person and you know this. Yeah. I, I We love to have our deep conversations. Like that's how I get to know someone. That's how they get to know me. And so if I feel like I can't talk to somebody about something, it really doesn't make a f- relationship genuine in my eyes. Um, so for me, I don't have a lot of people in my culture because I don't feel like certain life experiences that I've gone through or that I continue to go through are the same for them. Right. And I mean, people are different all the time. You know, we're all different. But at the end of the day, I have certain morals and beliefs and I don't want somebody to look at me and judge me for it. And I'm not saying they're all going to judge me or that they do, but I want to have those kinds of conversations and I want to have, you know, talk about or not even like, yeah, maybe question certain things of our culture or just have those. Have like a critical eye at some point. Sure. Like poke holes in what we know. Right. You know, and I don't feel like I've been very, like, I've had a lot of people that have done that with open, with open arms. So, yes and no. I don't have a lot of friends that are my culture for that reason. Um, I just, it's just very different for who, from who I am as a person. Hmm. I have a, I mean, most of, I mean, 98% of the people that are in my life are American. Yeah, that makes sense. I just relate to the American culture better. I really do. Now in my life where I am right now, 100%. When uh, you went to uh, Russia and Ukraine, mm-hmm. did you feel like you were more comfortable there? Or did you feel like you were like, oh, this is just a different place? 
Um, I was just really young, so I feel like wherever you go when you're five and eight years old, you kind of just make it your own place, you you're know? Like, this is Disney Yeah, yeah, it was, it, but it was definitely very uncomfortable at certain parts because as much as I could say I was fluent, I wasn't fluent. Like, I wasn't right. from the motherland, you know? Um, I remember when we were in Ukraine and my, uh, we stayed, um, we were actually there for a month. It was in the winter, so I, I didn't go to second grade for over a month. They actually gave me a massive packet of homework to do while I was gone because I was going to miss a month of school. But um, yeah, so when we were there, we stayed with my dad's uncle, the one that's still there. And I remember asking him where the trash was. Well, I said trash in the American way, but my whole family, that's how we say it. We kind of have like a little bit of broken Russian sometimes. Like we kind of break English. I've noticed that before. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I'll be like, did I just have a stroke? Oh, okay. No. Like she just like switched the word. Yeah. Or like you will not be able to come up with a word in English. So you stayed in Russian and mm -hmm. I'm like, I can't help you. Yeah. Yeah. That's literally how it was. I literally asked him where the trash was and I said garbage and he's looking at me and he's like, what is garbage? But it was, what's funny funny is we say garbage but we say it in an, an accent almost like garbage. <laughs> <laughs> the garbage yeah but it's not a russian or ukrainian word so he's looking at me, he's like i don't know what you're saying right there's like a gap in translation and i thought that was russian the whole time and i was like what do you mean are you not understanding me yeah. i was like you throw things away and i'm gesturing it you know but and then I finally at the age of eight learned what the Ukrainian word was for trash, which was musar, and I didn't even know that. Musa. Musar. Oh. With like a R at the end, kind of like a flip. Musar. Oh. Yeah. So. I thought they were gonna say that they um, didn't know what garbage was because since it was a communist country, they <laughs> saved everything, so they wouldn't throw anything away. No, no, it wasn't like that. Honestly, it was a definitely a little bit of a different world. Like I felt like there was less to do there for me there. But again, like it was a ton of snow and it's just a different world. But I was also just like a place where I didn't feel any different too, you know. I just didn't know where I was. I didn't know what I could do. My friends weren't there. I was still a kid. I wanted to go play with kids and, you know, be a kid. And it didn't, it wasn't like that because I didn't know anyone there and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, and you're not going to make like quick vacation friends. No, no. I was way too young and it's a whole, like I said, it's a whole different country. My parents weren't just going to let me go outside and play with whoever and whatever, you know. Yeah. And. And, and and it was like everybody there lived in like apartments so it's not like houses like it was like the part of the city so everybody lives in apartments um and there would be kids playing but like everybody knew everybody and so me going out there and like you know my parents don't know these people don't know these parents there's cars driving around like kids were it was just different kids were more aware of things and me living in the suburbs in Washington in America, like I wouldn't understand certain things, you know. Right. Be like, well, kids are playing here. Why are there cars driving? Well, actually, that's not how it works here, <laughs> you know. Like the pedestrian has the right away. No, actually, in Ukraine, that's not how it works. Actually, you're gonna get hit by a car. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah. They're like, keep Alexis in the house. Just like keep her in the back. I literally was in that house all month long. It was. It was horrible. <laughs> oh, that's sad. I can't remember any vacations I took as a young... Oh, yes, I can. I think we went to California, like, as a... Um, when I was, like, super young. But I think that was when I was, like, eight when my brother was graduating high school. I was mm-hmm. like, okay, so, like, we're going to California. <laughs> and it was such a big deal because in 
the Midwest, I feel like there's, like, the typical vacations. Right. And, like, every year we would go to Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that sounds so American to me. That is so funny. It's so funny. <laughs> I I remember telling someone a story similar to this when uh, I worked at Nordstrom, like, when I first got here. And I was like, um, yeah, my family would go to Mount Rushmore a lot, like, in the summers because we lived really close. And they were, mm-hmm. like, the place with the presidents on the side. <laughs> And I was like, yeah, that's the place. And they're like, I've never been there. That sounds so cool. And I remember it was the first time, like, being in Washington where I was like, oh, it does sound cool. Like, okay. Well, that's how – it's so interesting because obviously with, you know, um, our world and the people that we know, everybody's kind of from different places. So, like, when people are like, oh, yeah, like, I, you know, I came to Washington, like, six months ago and I already went on, like, ten hikes – well, I was born and raised in Washington, and I am actually, as as a 22-year-old, have not been on one real hike. And I know people are going to be like, what? What do you mean? I just, that's just not who I was as, yeah. you know? That's, a, oh, I think I realized how different our upbringings were mm-hmm. when we went camping. Mm-hmm. That's when it became <laughs> very apparent to me where I was like, yo, Alexis, like, mm-hmm. you can pee outside. Like, it doesn't, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. I think that's a couple weeks ago when I was like, oh, we were not raised in the same place. Like, I was like yeah. three years old and they were like, you gotta pee. We're a mile from the house. Like, go pee in that green belt. Right. I mean, we went camping, but we didn't go, like, we, I don't remember the last time we camped in a tent as a family, like, in the, we never camped in the middle of nowhere, like, you know, just, like, pick a place and camp there, you know, or go to a national park, and I don't, I, I had an amazing time, and I'm easily adaptable, like, I'm like, okay, let's do this, like, yeah. we had an amazing time, <laughs> I was like, let's go, I just, I'm not, I mean, my family is not, um, we take stress like, stress comes very easily to me and my family. Like, we love to stress about everything. And we like to get passionate about things. You know, if we forget something, we get mad. And we're like, why did we forget this? And we get frustrated and whatever, you know. And so when you were like, oh, just relax. Like, we don't need a lot. And I'm like, no, you don't understand. <laughs> like, how are you going to survive without, like, you know, a grill, you know, or whatever. Yeah, it was it like, was... have you ever heard of a campfire? Yeah. <laughs> so it was just those, you know, those things. I Again, it's just how I was. It was instilled in me. Do you think your parents made an effort to become Americanized, or do you feel like they were like, no, like we're Russian and Ukrainian, and that's how it's staying, or were they like, we're gonna go to the space? I can't think of like an American. (laughs) No, definitely. My parents, I feel like have been very open. Like I'll be honest with you. Um, my parents, well, my parents are very open to trying different cultured foods. So like, you know, here in Washington, we're very big for the Asian, we're very, that's a very big Asian stapled, you know, state where we make, I mean, incredible Asian food, Mm -hmm. Vietnamese, Japanese, like all these great, great foods. And my parent, I mean, my dad came here to America was you know, he only, he, my, my mom tells me the story. They went to a steakhouse and my dad would order chicken. Like, he was scared to try American food and eat food. It took him forever to try steak, and when he first tried it, it was very well done. And then eventually, he started opening his mind up and started getting medium rare finally. And obviously, medium rare is the best. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, and then, you know, he's just like, why was I even scared of this? Like, this is weird. Like, my dad actually, when he first lived, came here, he lived off, like, cornflakes for forever. He was just like, it's just, and, and, and I actually know people in my family that 
were never raised to be adventurous in your foods and trying different cultures and stuff like that. It's so wild to me. I know I have family who strictly make Russian and Ukrainian foods. Oh. So. I mean, I like that cucumber salad you made. Yeah. That was good. <laughs> I came right home and I was like, I'm going to make that salad. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's fine. Don't get me wrong. But my parents always told me, like, before you settle down, like, <clears throat> go and travel the world. Go see the world. You know, my parents were really well. Like, we traveled when I was younger and growing up. And they also told me, you know, try something at least once. Like, you won't know if you don't like it if you haven't even tried it. True. And my boyfriend's also very much like that. And it's definitely, as I've gotten older, has also helped me, you know, he, you know, he hunts with your husband. So, you know, them killing game and stuff. I've never had deer and I never had those things. But when I tried, I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. Or elk. Yeah. Well, Logan's never caught an elk. So. Caught? <laughs> yeah, he's he never killed an elk. <laughs> Come over here. <laughs> well, he's never killed an elk. But yeah, I mean, That's those, funny. those things you just will never know unless you try it. And so my parents were very open with me and my my sister like trying new foods trying different cultures being okay with those things going and seeing the world it was so important to my parents that me and my sister were able to experience those things yeah it's also interesting how you come to america with like one idea of what america will be but then Mm -hmm. like once you actually get here you realize that like the regions even in america are Mm -hmm. like very very different absolutely i mean they didn't they didn't again they don't they didn't have a concept of what america would be like like when i say they came here with nothing they didn't only come here with no money they came here with no concept of knowledge of what they would be coming into like you literally come to some like you go somewhere and you know like this will be my new home yeah i have nothing i have nothing to compare it to maybe a little bit of tv but honestly you know we know movies are not real high school is not like the movies you know all those things and even then i don't think my parents always tell me they laughed like we had three channels growing on the tv and they were all like probably propaganda like news and then like a certain time of the night it would be like cartoons cartoons yeah. yeah. So, I mean, again, it's just, that's just the world they were raised in. And I I can't imagine being put in their shoes and coming here. I mean, I know a lot of people who came here when they were two and three, but like even them, like even them, they don't know that life. Right. It, there wasn't like a clear, concise, like I feel like if you come here or came to America or you go to another country and you're under the age of five, like you don't have much memory or much um, like um, there's not a whole lot of a certain lifestyle instilled instilled right whereas if you come with a teenager it's also hard because being a teenager is hard because you're just trying to figure stuff out Mm -hmm. try figuring stuff out when you like can't speak the language everyone else is speaking and you move away from home and you will never live there again like your parents are not gonna go back well I shouldn't speak for them. But no, like, they're not going to go back. Yeah. Right. Like, they're not going to go back. So it's like, not only are you saying goodbye to a home, but you're saying hello to a world that, like, you have no idea. Right. And you also don't know if you're going to like it. You're True. also not going to know if you're how homesick you're going to get. But the, op- the option wasn't given to them that way. The option was, they actually didn't have an option. They said, we are going and you're just going to have to suck it up and it's going to be a better life. And I'm telling you, if they stayed there, I don't think they would you know, have been as successful as they have been here. And, yeah. and and I'm not saying that because of them, you know, of anything. I'm just saying that because they worked their butts off to get where they are. And they weren't handed anything, yeah. um, no matter what. Like I said, my mom, until she was like working her own job, 
um, was able to afford clothes and she would have to still buy from Goodwill and whatever else. And that wasn't cool back then. Right. It was like a clear status. Yeah. And I think a lot of the times um, it's not a bad thing. It's 100% not a bad thing. But I also see a lot of the times like people in my culture, like driving these nice cars and having these nice clothes. Why do all Russians drive BMWs? I don't know. I think it's a European car. So I think it's a European thing. thing (laughs) No, I don't believe so. I think it's very true. Um, I think what it is, is when they weren't able to have it then, they are able to have it now and they take advantage of it. They're like, I'm going for it. Absolutely. Which I would too. If I got to the top in a country, I would, I would be flexing. I mean, you and I would do it now. Like something we couldn't afford now. And in the, in the next, like, you know, five years, if we just all of a sudden start banking in money, we're going to be like, I couldn't afford it then. I'm definitely going to do it now. I'm getting a Tesla. Right. Or like, I'm going to, right, right. I'm going to go to like Bali and stay there for two weeks. I wasn't able to afford it five years ago. You know, just things like that. Same thing with like trying new foods. Like in Russia, they didn't have different cultured foods. It was Russian food, you know? It wasn't like as mixed culture as it is here or even in other countries. Like I didn't know that in England, their very strong culture influence is Indian, like Indian food and all that stuff. I didn't know that. that. Right, but it, it wasn't like that in Russia and Ukraine. It was very much Russian, Ukrainian foods, maybe some other European influence, like in certain foods, but you're not going too far off of what they already had, you know? Now I'm trying to think of all the American foods or like Midwestern foods maybe that you haven't had. Have you had tater tot casserole? I haven't had it, but I've heard of it. Have you had runza? I don't know what that is. (gasps) I've also never had, um, what's that salad called? Uh, it's like the salad, ambrosia. Ew. I've never, I've never had like ambrosia salad. Well, see, isn't that a Midwest thing? Yeah. Yeah. See, like I've never had that. Have you had Snickers salad? No, but I, I, that doesn't have green apples in it too. Yeah. Okay. So I've seen, I've never heard, but that's not even a Washington thing. No, that's like a Midwest, Midwest thing. That's Absolutely. Like a trailer, trailer park thing. But like you probably like you probably back in like, you know, Nebraska, you probably didn't have like pho or like No, and it's amazing. <laughs> and I seriously will tell everybody I'm like, listen, Vietnamese soup is so good. And they're like, what? Korean barbecue. Right. Oh dude, I don't know if I can move back to Nebraska. I go back and I'm like, where's all the Vietnamese places? I know. I literally I literally told Logan, if we ever move anywhere, I'm gonna be so sad because Asian food is is like my favorite. Like uh-huh. I took you to Din Tai Fung and I oh. put you on that. And that was dangerous of me because now it's like a craving of yours. I think about it every day. I know. <laughs> and like I that's my favorite restaurant and I, I put that on Logan too and he loves that place and like I I mean our sushi isn't great like I've had sushi definitely better in other places but even that and like we have so many sushi places like Trappers is like an actual staple here. Yeah, but it's like a chain. It's like it a is. Chain. It is, but it's it's a staple in so Washington. Good. Yeah, it's not in other states. The Trump roll. <laughs> oh. I like the Tiss the salmon. That one's my favorite. The what? Tiss the salmon. Oh, I haven't had that one. Oh, it's amazing. I also it's funny because when I went to the east, when I went to go to Logan's um, state, which is Pennsylvania, his um I don't know if it's like a Pennsylvania thing, but in Pittsburgh he showed me wings and we don't have wing places here in Washington like we don't have we have buffalo wild wings which is a sad excuse for chicken wings Mm. I think but when I went there it was 
I dream about it. I tell Logan about it all the time. Like, I want to go back to that wing place. It's like a small bar. But oh my gosh. Dude, you will not know, like, small town drinking until you, like, come back to my hometown. And, like, you know the bartender. You know everyone there. And there's, like, two bars in town. That One of them is a bowling alley. The other one is, like, the actual bar. Mm -hmm. And you just get sloshed. And it's down to 600. And they bring you an oven-baked pizza. And Mm -hmm. you're like... This is it. This is a life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, see, I think that's why, like, maybe you, Logan, and your husband get along so well. Is like he also knows the small, yeah, the small. There's thing. a certain like personality type or personality trait to people who lived in a small town and right. had. I feel, and I've talked to someone about this before too, where it's like, what's um when you live in a big city everyone there's so many people but you don't actually have a connection to anyone Mm-mm. you don't know anyone that you pass in the right. store like it's a different exposure right. right like i remember the first time i went grocery shopping by myself here i went to my car and i cried because i felt so alone because usually going to the grocery store is like a very social thing it's over overwhelming overwhelming you see everyone you know you might see family members you you even if you go to the the town that's 30 miles away that has a Walmart, you're still going to see someone you know whether you want to see them or not. Absolutely. But then, like, coming here and I go to the grocery store, I don't see anyone. It was like, I'm truly alone, but I am surrounded by people. Yeah. It's definitely a different... It's a different comfort. Yeah. Yeah. And I definitely have sensed that, like, being your friend and, like, being around you and your husband, it's definitely, like, a smaller, homier feel. And that's just, like, what I appreciate. Because, like, again, I'm from the suburbs. I'm not from a small town. But I do know, like, if I'm going to go to a grocery store, because, like, where my high school is or, like, my middle school, like, every... We have, like, one... um, grocery store that we all kind of share and that everybody lives in the same area so like you're almost also kind of bound to see somebody you know um so i don't understand the full aspect of like small town living but i do know like kind i have kind of a concept right and like know a lot of people and like know where they constantly go shopping or like whatever but yeah I, i couldn't imagine but again it's just like that community and like you want to just you know you miss that but yeah the world is so big and we can't stay small you know yeah it's it's boring when you're saying small in such a big world yeah no there's so many people to to meet so many conversations to have so many things to learn it's like you only do once again like we said earlier in the conversation like you only hinder yourself by not reaching out not meeting new people and not fostering relationships outside of your uh, nuclear yeah yeah and just not growing as a person like not being like a social person is fine but you're not going to get really far with relationships if you're not social or if you're not open to have certain conversations with people or reach out a little bit you know it's not going to take you very far and that's just dependent on the person you know if that if you're okay with that like you do you boo but yeah you know there's just times where it's just like you're gonna have to like expand a little bit in order for you and also like i don't want to be on my deathbed like, I don't want to be, like, 95, 98-year-old. Right? And just be like, I didn't know anything other than my small world. Yeah. 
Like, I want to be that grandma who's like, I went to, like, I went to Greece, and I went to Turkey, and I went to Australia. Like, I want to be telling these stories of people that I've met on the road and, like, all that. And, like, my parents, when we traveled, we, like, we went on cruises and stuff for, like, a week or, like, 10 days. And I would, like, know, I would meet people from other countries. I would meet people, like, kids my age from different states, different countries. Like, it could be Canada, England, Spain, like, all these people. And it's it's incredible. I am definitely going to make sure not only Logan goes on a cruise, but our children go on cruises. It's the most incredible experiences. Like meet everyone, a conglomerate. It's 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 a small boat with people from every part of the world. It is insane. Like I went on a cruise back in 2019, and oh, right before COVID. Right, right before COVID. COVID hit in March. We had gotten home in the beginning of January. So we we spent Christmas and New Year's before COVID on the cruise. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it was right before it. And um, I had friends from England, from Spain, from Canada, from, like, all these people. And what was cool, too, is during Christmas, it wasn't just Christmas. It was Hanukkah, too, because there was a very big oh. uh, population of Jewish people there as well. It was very, very cool. That is cool. You got to experience this culture. You get to experience these people. You get to celebrate with people from other parts of the world. See how they do things. And even like your, like the people that wait on you, like for dinner and breakfast and people, they are not one's American. I have yet to meet an American waitress or not waitress. They were more like, like the same people waited to you every single day. It was amazing. Servers more like it. They were like servers and they were, I've yet to meet one person that was from America. Everybody was from a different, like, from a different country i the one uh, recently it was a girl from ukraine oh nice yeah so it was really Lots cool of talking points there absolutely <laughs> it, definitely and it was really cool and my parents exchanged number with these people because they're just so genuine and so cool and like you know it's just it's amazing oh yeah 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 okay one last question okay what do you say would be the best lesson you've learned um, so far in your limited years just like as a person yeah I think it's been a common theme in this conversation but I definitely think recently um, being open to growing as a person and expanding yourself I think we get so comfortable and I think comfort is okay but I think sometimes it's not and I think a lot of people in our generation, in our world, are so easily, like, okay with staying who they are and, you know, not growing and they don't like their job, but they're going to stick to it and, like, all these things. And it's like, it's not worth it. We have such a short life. People forget. We don't, we don't die and then wake up the next day. You know, we literally have such a short life and we have to live it to the fullest. And in order to do that, we have to grow as people. We have to grow ourselves. We have to grow in our relationships. We have to be better because we are never going to be perfect, but we can always strive to be better for ourselves and people around us. So I definitely think growing as a person and understanding that it's okay to find comfort in things, but it's also okay to feel like it's not enough. Yeah. You know, and always knowing that there is going to be better and to strive for better. And it doesn't mean that you're not good or not good enough, but it's always good to be like, you know what? Like, 
I might have, I don't like my job, but that's okay because I can find another job. And you know what? It's going to be better for me. Mentally, I'm going to love my job. I'm going to get paid more. I'm going to deserve more. And that's okay. Yeah. Growing and experiencing these things. And, you know, you might live in the same small town, but it's okay to go and travel, meet people from different points of life. Like I, I know I have friends who are mothers who are 10 and over years, like, way older than me but i love being friends with those kinds of people because i get to experience i get to hear their experiences i get to advice you know i get all these things and it, it helps me grow as a person so i think expanding your horizons and growing as a person is is always important i love that yeah oh thank you so much for doing this yeah. i just had so much fun thank you so much for having and i'm kind of wine drunk <laughs> we've had a couple glasses <laughs> yeah well we had a white claw and then we started with the wine so you know what that's just how we go yeah that is a trend thank you i appreciate it yeah let's clink it last one cheers thanks for having me